If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, uh, we talk about muscle building potential. So like, what is your actual potential, both from your genetics and from your lifestyle? Now, why is this important to know? Well, maybe you want to build as much strength and muscle as possible. But what if you don't? What if you want to build a tons of, tons of muscle? Why would you want to know your potential? Well, your potential actually determine can even determine how fast you get to your goal, how fast you can tone and sculpt and shape your body. So this is a really cool episode. So we talk about uh, everything from all the genetic factors that determine your muscle building potential and all of the lifestyle factors that can determine your muscle building potential. Now, this episode is brought to you by Felix Gray. Felix Gray makes the best blue light blocking glasses you're going to find anywhere. Now, we think they're the best because they don't change the color of the room when you put them on. A lot of blue light blocking glasses are tinted, either orange or red. So if you want to be on your electronics at night, but you don't want the blue light to affect your sleep, you put on orange glasses and there you go. It changes the color of everything. Not with Felix Gray. Felix Gray looks good. Everything stays the same color, but it still blocks a majority of the blue light rays that can negatively affect your sleep. This is real. The studies actually show that this makes a huge difference. You put these on about an hour or two before bed, you get deeper, better sleep, which leads to uh, better food cravings, leads to better hormone balance, which ultimately can help you with fat burning and muscle building. Now, if you want to get the Mind Pump hookup, here's what you do. Go to felixgrayglasses.com. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com forward slash Mind Pump. You'll get free shipping and free returns. Also, all month long, uh, MAPS HIT is on sale, 50% off. HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. This is a fat-burning program. It's a high-calorie burning program. It's high-intensity interval training done with barbells and dumbbells so you don't lose muscle like you might with other HIT programs. This one helps preserve muscle while you burn a ton of calories. Now, it's half off. Here's how you get that discount. Go to mapshit.com. That's M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T.com and use the code HIT50. That's H-I-I-T-5-0, no space, for the discount. You want to know what I learned the most from using this uh, natural muscle building potential calculator that we have now? Oh, what was uh, what that, did you learn? The biggest ju- lesson that I learned, Adam. Mm, that yeah. Justin slacking. That ju- <laughs> that ju- oh, come on. Ju- Justin, Justin and Doug, not even uh, close to their potential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've actually come- We're way down. Yeah. Way down uh, our potential. No, list. so these um, this is pretty cool. So we actually have this now um, on our, our site. What's the, what's the link for this, Doug? How do people get to this, by the way. It's uh, musclecalculator.com. Is it muscle, musclecalculator.com? Okay. So uh, we, there's this, this calculator that you enter in your height, your wrist size, your ankle size, and then your current body fat percentage. And then what it does is it uses an algorithm based off of uh, what what lots of what we can with, with this. The person who, who developed this, by the way, Casey Butt is his name. No joke. That's his real name. He's a PhD. Hey. And he did a bunch of calculations of natural, you know, bodybuilders and, and natural strongmen from back in the day. People, you, people that have been lifting for a long time. Yes, and he used those uh, averages 
to figure out what your potential could potentially be when you enter in these numbers. Which and is really cool because when you were, when I'm, I mean, at least when I was a kid, I couldn't imagine the numbers that it spit off, right? But I could never be that big. You think that you can't get that big, but with training, you know, consistently for yeah. a long time and properly. Well, so here's the thing. So I've been working out for a long time. I've been doing this, and I mean consistently, I've been going towards the same goal of building uh, muscle since I was 14, okay? And I've already surpassed my peak, but I know what the, the, the biggest, most muscular I've ever reached. This thing is pretty accurate. Mm. It actually hit me pretty close. So this says, so I entered in my height um, in inches, which is 72 inches, so that's six feet. My wrist size is 7.75 inches, so almost eight inches. My ankle size is 9.5. And my current body fat, I guess, is about 12, which uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm around 12 right now. This says at 12% that my max potential for size or weight would be 222 pounds, hmm. which is a right, that's pretty damn close to what I've hit. And it says my arms, 18 inches, would be my potential. Forearms, 15 inches. My thighs, 26 inches. So I know what my max measurements have been in my life. I've definitely hit 18-inch arms. My forearms, I've gotten to 14 and three quarters. Uh, my thighs, I've actually gotten to 27 inches, so I've actually surpassed what this said. So this is pretty pretty darn accurate. It's pretty interesting, right? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah but what, like 20-inch biceps? I'm like, that's what it says on, for you. Dude. <laughs> well, that's just because you're- Hey, bro. I mean, I've gotten you, up to like 17 and a half, maybe 18. You well, never you, do arms. I don't do biceps. Come on, so guys. You're, yeah, you, you got get. me there. I'm just, I'm just like, really? Well, think about it. You're, you've ne you trained, you've exercised and trained for a long time, but your your goals have been more performance than just maximum muscle size. Right. You know? So Way to let him down nice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is what yeah. it says- <laughs> You've been trying real hard. Yeah. Uh, Doug's over there like depressed as fuck. Yeah, you're, not, you're not actualizing anything. <laughs> well, well, what it says for, because Justin's wrist, remember mine was 17, uh, 7, uh, 7.75 inches. Yeah. Justin's wrist was 9.5 inches. Holy. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? And his ankle. Uh, it's all about frequency. Oh, so. my ankle and your ankle are the same size? Wow. That makes me really sad about my calves. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this says that your max potential is like huge, dude. Well, you know, that's a good Obviously. point that you just brought up though right there when you're you know, teasing yourself about calves because now this gives you a, a, a good generic idea of about yes. where you can get, but there are other factors, right? There's lifestyle and genetic factors Dude. that play a massive role here. So yeah. so I'll give you an Definitely. example of something that's similar to this, right? So body fat tested. So if you've ever had your body fat percentage tested with calipers, which is the, it's relatively accurate and it's the most common way to do it. It's more accurate than mm. electronic impedance. As long as you get somebody that you know really knows what they're doing and is, is consistent with the way that they apply it. Yes, and, and it's more accurate than electronic impedance. That's the, the those scales that you stand on and it it tells you what your body fat percentage is or the handles that you uh, grab or whatever. That could That's, change based off of what you ate. Oh, I could change that in, in, in an hour right. you know, by hydrating or not or whatever. So calipers, relatively accurate, easy to administer. If you've ever worked with a trainer or gone to a gym or whatever, chances are if you've had your body fat tested, you've done it with calipers. But here's how they did it with calipers. Because you might ask yourself, how do they know what your percentage is for your whole body by testing your bicep, your tricep, your what they call subscapula, it's behind your, kind of near your shoulder blade, and right above your hip, what they call the suprailiac crest, that's above the pelvis on the side. You think, how can they come up with a percentage off those measurements? Well, what they did a long time ago is they took cadavers, no joke, and they tested a bunch of points on the cadavers with calipers. Then, this is for real, they stripped off the body fat, for reals, weighed it, 
and they found these points on the body that would give them the most consistent mm. measurements. So even when you get tested with calipers, you're still getting an estimate based off of an algorithm, based off of lots of different people, just like I'm glad they this didn't potential. do that with the live people. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But again, individual variances can vary dramatically. Um, it, you may just happen to be a person who's got a lean bicep, tricep, shoulder blade, and hip, but still have a lot of body fat in the rest of your body. And then, you know, that algorithm is not going to be super accurate for you. So that's an important thing to, to consider. But you're right, Adam. There's a lot of things that will determine, you know, what your real muscle building potential is. Now, why is it important to even consider muscle building potential? What if you never want to max, you know, build maximum muscle? What if you just want to work out to speed up your metabolism and sculpt your body a little bit? Well, your potential also can help determine how fast you get to your results. Yeah. Not just your how you know far you could go, but how fast and, and how much how well you respond. So this is kind of a cool thing to to talk about and to talk about all the things that influence. It's just another potential. tool, like body fat percentage, like you're mm -hmm. bringing up. I mean, it's just another tool to help you know if you're on the right path, right, mm -hmm. or if you're doing a good job. I mean. If you've been, uh, if your muscle building potential is extremely higher than where you're at, you've got a lot of room to improve. Mm -hmm. You know, now sure there's other factors like genetic, but there's a lot of lifestyle factors. You know, what you're doing nutritionally and sleep, all those things that we'll cover. Those that that matters, and so I I like using, I love all these tools. I think people like to take something like this and they like to tear it apart and be like, oh, it could be up to this percentage off, just like body sure. fat percentage. It's just true. Yeah. And same, and like with all the, the food calculators that are out there, like, oh, this is this could be all. Well, yeah, a lot of that. But man, as, as a guy who's been lifting for a really long time, we didn't have any of these tools I know. when we first started. Yeah. You know, I'm guessing all yeah. the time. I'm just trying to get big. Yeah. I'm guessing or I'm going and referring back to a book and writing, tracking mm -hmm. everything down. So all these things just, I, I think, for as a coach, for sure, and even as a person who's maybe not trying to compete, I think are just great resources for you to know if you're heading down the well, right path. It's the equivalent of this. It's like you're you're in a car and you want to drive somewhere, and you're in San Francisco, and they say, you know, and you say, I want to I want to drive to Dallas or whatever. Um, you have if you have zero idea of where that is, it's going to be hard to you have to drive around for a while before you even get close. Or you can have a general direction, and someone can say to you. Oh, it's uh, you know, it's 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 southeast. You know, general direction. These calculators give you kind of that general direction, but it's not, it's not going to be exact, right? But you get some direction, and you're right, Adam. We had none of this. Mm -hmm. I had none of this growing up. I had no idea what it, my potential could even be, and I didn't even know what determined what my potential was. Yeah, especially when I first started. Especially if your goal is to really get as big as possible and like gain muscle size. And I know like. You know, that's not everybody's goal, but like the first thing you think of as a young man is, well, I can't really get that big because I'm not going to be on steroids. Mm. And like, you know, that that was one of those things where you just have this this mystical idea of what it provides you and, and all that uh, as well. But, you know, to really kind of understand your potential naturally, where you can uh, what you can achieve, I think that is helpful to kind of stay in it and really try to, you know, maximize what you can do in your efforts. Well, potential is interesting because it literally means what your what what it could be possible, okay? So we all have a potential. Some of us, our potential is much higher than others. LeBron James has a much higher potential for to be an excellent basketball player than than the average person. 
But that doesn't mean he's going to hit that potential. He still has to train. He still has to practice. He still has to apply a lot of different things to reach that upper limit well, th- of potential. That's an example of when, when I think they, they both cross, right? Mm-hmm. When you see these, you know, mm-hmm. you know, superhumans, whether it be bodybuilding or sports, is when you see the highest genetic potential matched with the lifestyle, lifestyle. Yeah. putting mm-hmm. in all the work and effort to do that, and then you get this, right? So, mm-hmm. and we see this in bodybuilding. Who, you know, a lot of times we look at bodybuilders and, and we try and compare ourselves, like, oh, I want to look like this one day. And the reality is, you may never, because that person not only did they have the genetic potential to build a ton of muscle, they also put all the work in to do that. The mm-hmm. combination of that. It's just it's something that you may never even look. Totally, yeah. this also reminds. I also really like this because I get a lot of um, probably more so than you guys because I openly talk about using steroids on the show. I get a lot of young guys like in their twenties that are considering doing this, and they always ask me, "What do you think? Should I do this? Should I not do this?" And you know, first of all, I, I don't you know encourage anybody to. But if you're you know you're like I I want to get into bodybuilding I definitely want to do this stuff and I I'm okay with doing something like that how would you start and I said well I tell all of them the same thing personally if I could go back and do everything all over again and I had tools like this I would go after my my potential naturally first and then after that that is when I would consider something if I was really serious yes, about yeah. bodybuilding yes now why is that important because you have to figure everything out before you throw yeah. one factor dial it all in yeah. right because that's one factor anabolic hormones are a hormone factor but there's a lot of other factors why would you throw that on in the mix when you haven't figured out all the other stuff right once you figure all the other stuff out then you could throw that on and then and then watch what happens but why is this potential muscle potential even important to the person you know maybe we have a, a, a you know a female listener who's listening right now is like I don't want to maximize yeah. my muscle size although although I'll make the argument that most women could naturally maximize their muscle growth and none of them very 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 few of them would look anything like a bodybuilder if anything they would oh, look yeah. extremely sculpted uh, tight and have very fast metabolisms as, as a result nonetheless I'm sure somebody listening is like I don't want to maximize my max potential for muscle why should I even consider this? Because understanding how to maximize your potential just gets you there faster. Well, Whatever I, your goal is, you'll get there faster. I mean, I disagree with that too. I think even even the female client who uh, has, doesn't even think about muscle just wants to lose body fat, and she's you know forty five years old, three kids, doesn't give a shit about any of that. I would still encourage this because first of all, it's extremely hard. It's not easy. So re, yeah. no matter what we're talking about, male or female. To reach your your max potential of muscle without any sort of drugs is extremely. You'll spend years chasing this number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not like a oh I know what it is. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna follow the next maps program and I should get to that. Like no, this is gonna take a very very long time. And hanging on to as much muscle as possible is really difficult. So. I would always encourage my female clients to let's try and build as much muscle as you possibly can, mm-hmm. and then you let me know. You let me know when that you wake up one day and you think you don't like the never way happens. You, never yeah. happens. No, it never <laughs> happens. What yeah, is that produces saying? the look you want. I mean, you can eat more. There's just so many benefits to it. I think that it just doesn't get advertised enough. Like uh, what what it does to really pursue uh, building muscle for women. I yeah, think it's awesome. Yeah. What's that saying? Shoot for the stars, and then if you don't hit the stars, you at least hit the moon or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. That's and, and again, you get the faster metabolism, you get the tight sculpted body. So understanding this is important because it's going to get you to your goal faster, more effectively. So it is an important uh, conversation. There's one more point about this also is that there's there may be a maximum muscle gain potential, 
But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to look uh, as muscular as somebody who has different shape to their bodies. This is an important factor to consider. A lot of bodybuilders are not the most biggest muscular people on the planet. You put them next to a, a strongman competitor, mm -hmm. and they don't, they're not nearly as big. Why do bodybuilders look the way they do? They have a combination of uh, great muscle-building genes with a structure that makes those muscles appear a certain way. So I'm going to go back to this muscle-building calculator. We all, Doug, Justin, and, uh, and Adam and I, all entered our information. The person in this room, the only person in this room who's ever been an IFBB professional competitor is Adam. His muscle-building potential on this calculator was actually one of the worst ones. Now, it's not because... You know, he's not going to, he can't build great muscle. Obviously, he was a professional. He has small joints. He's got a small wrist and small ankle, which can actually be benefit on stage. Yeah, it look, actually can make the muscles appear to look look wise, right? That's yes. a, that's my advantage of the small wrist and the small ankles and a small waistline too. Exactly so those things. So if I do build some good muscle on there, it, it looks exaggerated on yes. stage or in photos. So the reality is, I will never be able to build as or have as much potential as someone like Justin because of our our skeletal structure. It doesn't mean you can't achieve and create an amazing look. And when you think of bodybuilders, I think of, you know who I think of is Frank Zane, right? Yeah. Frank Zane is a, yeah, an exa one. example of this as somebody who had really small bone structures. but And if you compared his body to Arnold, Arnold had so much more mass on mm -hmm. his body. than. But he's still, Frank Zane, looked, some people say that's their favorite bodybuilder right. because yeah. of the look that they, that it they have. It was exaggerated really kind Absolutely. Of, yeah. And I'm just communicating that because if you do this and you fill it out and you're like, oh, no, you know. There, you have your own individual factors, and at the end of the day, you know. And I, I used to tell this to female clients all the time. You know, nobody is going to be carrying around a scale and weighing you. You know, I've told this story many times. I, I love telling the story because it's so impactful. But when I would give potential members a tour of my gym, oftentimes I would talk about this to you know both men and women. And sometimes the women would respond and say, "Oh no, no, I don't want to build muscle. I just want to get smaller. I just want to lose weight." And so anything that sounds like you're gaining would freak them out. Yeah. And so then I would, I would on my intercom, I used to do this all the time. It was super effective. I would page one of my female trainers. I'd, you know, attention staff, Jennifer, please come to Sal's office. In would walk in my five foot one or five foot two female trainer, very, very fit, obviously has been lifting weights for a long time, very sculpted and lean. And I would ask the female potential member, I'd say, how much do you think Jennifer weighs? And be honest. And then, you know, the she'd look at the trainer for approval and the trainer be like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Be honest. And they'd say something like, uh, 105 or 95 pounds. I'd say, okay, that sounds like a good guess. Let's go weigh Jennifer on the scale so we can see how much she weighs. We'd walk over the scale, 135 pounds or 140 pounds. And it was a great way to illustrate how muscle looks on the body. And I'd say, look, you thought she weighed 105 because she's got a small waist. She doesn't take up a lot of space. She's very toned, very sculpted. But indeed, she weighs about 30 pounds heavier than you thought. Do you know what that means? That means Jennifer can eat 2,700 calories a day or 2,500 calories a day and not gain any body fat. That's one of the wonderful benefits of, of building muscle. And that's why it's so important, uh, especially nowadays when we're just not moving that much. It's good to have a fast metabolism. Yep. Let's talk about the factors that help determine your muscle building potential. And really, I think you can break it down into two big segments, but these segments can be broken down into smaller constituents. Um, the big one is genetic, right? That's the first one. There's a lot of genetic factors that determine uh, you know, uh, how much muscle you can build. Now, uh, before we get into that, I think it's important we, we explain that there are things that we know that affect you uh, in terms of your genetics and mu muscle building. 
there's a lot of stuff we might not know. Right. This mm-hmm. is a this is a complex thing. You know, we're talking about the human body and metabolism and stuff like that. There's parts of it we still don't fully, you know, understand. Oh yeah, it gets really complex. Right. So here's one: um, muscle belly length. Uh, so what does that mean exactly? Well, when you look at a muscle, you have where it attaches. There's two points typically where they attach, and in the middle of that is the actual muscle belly itself. Sometimes people have short muscle bellies and long tendons or, you know, long parts of the muscle that don't have this big bulky muscle part. You see this. I see it a lot in uh, biceps uh, Mm. where, you know, I always thought it was interesting because my biceps are a little bit longer in terms of like where the attachments are. And so like when I had flex, it looks totally different than my other friend had like almost like a, a little softball that was just straight. It was like a ball. Versus mine being like more spread out. Right. A, a real common one where you can look at is calves. Oftentimes when you look at athletes or basketball players, for example, you'll see short, real short, knotty calves up kind of high on the lower leg. Um, and with other people, J- Justin's a great example. He's got very long calves. Cankles. That come all the way yeah. down. <laughs> come all the way down. Karen, now, Karen the cankle. The, the, the longer the belly of the muscle, the more potential there is for size because that's the part of the muscle that really grows when you lift weights. It's not the tendon. You do strengthen tendon and stuff like that, but it just doesn't, you know, when you, when you lift weights, you don't get these tendons that just explode with, with muscle. It's the belly itself. So, and you see this with bodybuilders. Bodybuilders all have, especially at the high levels, really long muscle bellies. You think so? I think I, I think you see examples of both, like what Justin's talking about. And I think it's uh, there's obviously a little bit of an indiv- individual variance uh, in in each of your muscles too. Like so, sure, you, might you can see, have long bellies. One right, person. but I th- overall, like Justin's using, his, we're using Justin as an example, right? Like I think he has a long origin and insertion for his bicep. He also does for his calves. He probably is that way pretty much. All over his body. On the opposite, I have more of a shorter origin insertion. When I do a flex, I have that smaller ball, like you saying. My calf is up higher, like more like a basketball player. So I, I think when you tend to have shorter origin insertion, you kind of have it distributed that way. You've oh. got you've got long muscle bellies, except for your calves, your biceps, your triceps, your forearms. They're they're pretty long. I mean, short muscle bellies. You could develop them. They're just not going to appear to be the, exa- the example. The the cool way or the example to see that, and I disagree with you, uh, is like Justin said. When you flex your bicep, you can tell there's a there's a gap between the el- between the ge- elbow and the bicep where right. Justin's goes all the way down to like his elbow. I have a nice gap there and the same thing goes for where my calf when I flex my calf you can measure the different the distance yeah. from where my calf is down to my ankle he, and he, it's He's got longer ones for sure. Yours aren't short though. You've get there's some biceps that you'll see that are Guys, like, this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> take your shirt off, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's take a, This is where it's yeah. going. I, but but, but it does it, it does play a role, right? Yeah. Oh, the muscle well. belly length is and that's genetic. You, you can't change the length. Uh, you know, I don't care how many preacher curls you do or how many Pilates classes you do. You're not going to turn your muscles into longer muscles. That's something that is not that's a good. That's right. a good point to bring Definitely. up too, because you see a lot of this in marketing. You'll mm-hmm. see somebody that has a certain look and then they'll market that, oh, to work on the peak of your bicep right. when, you know, Justin's bicep is never going to look like that guy's bicep that's that's trying mm-hmm. to advertise that to you. So you, th- that's why things like this are good to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bone structure is another one. Um, bigger bones carry bigger muscles typically. And this is because that's the anchor point of, of, of muscle. And one thing that your body does is it, it tries to prevent you from uh, being unstable or hurting yourself. So gaining a ton of muscle on a small bone structure 
isn't really something your body's going to want to necessarily do. People with bigger bones just tend to have more muscle. And you can see this with really big, you know, giant people. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got bigger muscles. Now, you know, how they looked is determined by lots of other factors. But big bones are just, again, they're just heavy anchors. It's like towing something with your car. If your tow hitch becomes, if it's not strong enough to allow you to pull something heavy, you're not going to be able to do it. And so big bone structures allow you to build more, you know, more muscle. So that's another factor you want to look at. With Yeah. Uh, with and I see next. muscle fiber type is, is the next one. I immediately think of like a, a sprinter versus, yeah. you know, a long distance runner. And you can see a, a clear a difference in terms of like the type of muscle that dominates uh, their physique. Yeah, totally. So muscle fibers, and this is, it's way more complex than this. We're going to totally simplify this, but yeah. you could generally break them up into two types of muscle fibers. One is known as the fast twitch muscle fibers. These burn hot, generate a lot of power, but they burn out quickly. In other words, they, they use up the energy very fast. So think of like a, you know, a, a V10 twin turbo or, mm-hmm. or supercharged engine. It's going to give you a lot of power. It's going to burn up a lot of gas very quickly. Um, and they fatigue quickly, but they can generate a lot of strength and a lot of power. Then you have the slow twitch muscle fibers. These are the muscle fibers that are efficient. Uh, they don't generate as much strength and power, but they can keep contracting over and over and over again, and they give you endurance. One of these muscle fibers grows when it's trained and stressed. The other one doesn't grow that much when it's trained and stressed. Now, a lot of people wonder why. Why, why, would, the, why would the one that makes you stronger and give you power, why is, the one, why is that the one that's going to build? If I train the slow twitch ones, if I do lots of distance running and you know, like lots of rowing and stuff like that. Why don't the slow ones, you know, grow too? Because bigger muscle fibers take up more energy. Mm -hmm. And when you're telling your body to have endurance, you're also telling your body to be thrifty with the energy that it uses. It's not advantageous to carry a lot of mass. No, there's a reason, look, there's a reason why, uh, you know, a Prius doesn't burn uh, much gasoline can last a lot longer. So when you're stressing your slow twitch muscle fibers, uh, those muscle fibers get more and more efficient, and they do grow, but they don't grow that much. Not like fast twitch muscle fibers, where a bigger fiber squeezes harder, it control, it contracts harder. So it's something that builds more. Now, some of this, a lot of this, is determined by genetics. Some of us are born with more fast twitch mm-hmm. than slow twitch, and vice versa. How do you know? The only way to really know is to have a muscle biopsy. But you probably figured this out as a kid. You were yeah, probably based on activities you, yeah. you're drawn towards, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what I always noticed that uh, some people had a propensity more towards, it, you know, long distance running, jogging, like things that were more, uh, you know, movement based versus like some people that were more into just lifting heavy things and and you know challenging themselves uh, with their power and strength. So. Yep. Now, believe it or not, even though I was I was a skinny kid and you know I, I wanted to build muscle, I was much better at explosive. Uh, activities than I was at, you know, long distance type stuff. Um, I could generate force quickly, better. So that's kind of a clue that told me that I had more, you, you know, think, fast. You would think you'd be a better jumper if that was the case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was good. I said I was better at that than I was. Can at we the test distance. this. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the distance stuff. Uh. Thanks, jerk. Uh, but it's but it, you know that's one way you can know. Now here's something that's interesting. As we're going through these genetic uh, factors. Some of these, your lifestyle isn't going to change much. Others, your lifestyle can change quite a bit. So we talked about muscle belly length. Your lifestyle is not going to really do much to it. 
bone structure, your lifestyle can affect it a little bit. Um, you, you can train hard. You can lift weights. You're going to thicken and strengthen your bones. Very little, though. But not a ton, right? right. Your genetics largely Yeah, I'm not going to grow yeah. my wrist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will some, right? right. But not a ton. Um, muscle fiber type, training can actually make a pretty decent change on this. It'll impact it a little bit. They've shown, studies now show that you know, your slow twitch fibers can start to act more like fast twitch fibers and vice versa, depending on training. So that's kind of interesting, right? That right. that all of these are not and things 100%. like hyperplasia, things like that. Yeah, right. well, muscle. You actually increase the number of muscle fibers uh, in your body, so you build new ones, which is kind of interesting. The next one is is your hormones. Uh, genetics do play a pretty big role in your hormones. Here's one of the greatest example of this: uh, men versus women. Okay, uh, women typically do not have nearly the amount of testosterone uh, than men do. Uh, obviously, testosterone is the male hormone. Does testosterone impact your body's ability to build muscle? You know, absolutely. In fact, uh, that's what anabolic steroids are. Anabolic steroids are based off of the hormone testosterone. Women who take steroids are essentially telling their bodies that they're becoming a little bit more male. And that's what ends up happening. As part of that, they build a little bit muscle along with other side effects. Can lifestyle affect your hormones? Absolutely. Has a huge impact. Um, we're seeing a huge decline in testosterone levels in men uh, in modern times. Oftentimes, I've seen this myself with clients. Um, one thing I did later on in my career is I would have clients test their testosterone levels. And I, we would test it again six months or a year uh, you know, later after training. And I would see significant boosts in testosterone among my male clients. Um, and it wasn't out of the ordinary for some of them to double. Mm -hmm. You know, if I got a guy who came in with relatively low testosterone, like 270 or 300, it wasn't out of the ordinary to see it jump in the high 500s or sixes from changing their lifestyle. Yeah, I've never jumped like I did, you know, going through puberty. Uh, and, and after that, like just seeing the amount of muscle that I put on, doing the same type of workouts I was doing previously to that. And it was just this surge of, uh, you know, testosterone and different uh, hormones that, uh, you know, just all of a sudden came to, to be. And so it, it definitely, I mean, just just uh you know going through that seeing how how that affected me was was pretty substantial well when, when we talk about hormones i think about like the other one that i think is similar which is metabolism the two of those i think are are something that your lifestyle affects a lot and, mm -hmm. and yeah. you can change it instantly hand in like, hand. you can see a, a dip in your hormones or a dip in metabolism like literally over things that you do within a day or two mm -hmm. so these are these are things that even though you have a a genetic uh, foundation of like where you kind of start off at or in general where you're at. But then there is a lot of variance of that going up or down based off the choices that we make from eating, sleeping and other things. You're right. This is where potential comes into play. So let's say you're a man and your genetic potential, you know, has you between, you know, 500 to uh, 900 with testosterone. Your lifestyle determines where you land. You know, your lifestyle is going to determine if you're at the low end of your potential or at the high end. Now, some all of us have a potential with all of our hormones, and some of us are more resilient um, with our hormones. You know, I, I don't know where my potential was for testosterone, but typically when I test it, it's pretty good. But I also have a lifestyle that gener that that feeds higher testosterone levels. Uh, you talk to a guy with low testosterone or someone who suffers from it, and you you ask them the difference that they feel. Adam, how different did it feel? When you went off all anabolics <laughs> yeah. and your testosterone got real low, oh, night and day difference. Yeah, total, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so that's that's also highly influenced by genetics, but also uh, by lifestyle. Um, 
Here's a good example of that. People who suffer from um, uh, gigantism. I don't remember what the official term was for that. Yeah, uh, it was like a like a pituitary gland, like a, a tumor or something that like they were, were born with. Or Tony like Robbins, right? To, yeah. He had some of that. Andre the Andre Giant. Giant. Yeah, there's just examples of that. Now, it usually is around the pituitary gland, if I'm not mistaken. Acromalia. I don't know how to pronounce it, but right. yeah, and they'll have a like a tumor that'll grow on their pituitary so that they're just squirting out growth hormone just, like crazy. Yeah. And you know they're like grow, grow, grow. Yeah, seven foot five or whatever. And you know, I know Andre the Giant's parents weren't even big; they weren't even that big, you know. And he was just such a such a monster. Yeah. Um, there's something else that we've identified relatively recently, uh, which is myostatin. Um, now, it's, it's probably influenced by genetics, but also lifestyle. And they discovered this uh, this this factor, and it's probably more powerful than your hormones are in terms of uh, allow, seeing how much muscle you can grow. They've done, if you look this up online, if you Google myostatin, that's M-Y-O-S-T-A. Myostatin pit bull. T-I-N or, yeah. or yeah. myostatin dog or myostatin yeah. mouse or whatever. Bull. Yeah, or bull. Yeah. They'll do, they do these studies where they take like a mouse and then they'll take one and they'll inhibit myostatin, which is essentially like the brakes on your body's ability to build muscle. And the difference between these two animals is like it's like one is a cartoon bodybuilder. <laughs> it's well, insane. Didn't yeah. you didn't you long time ago on Mind Pump, like when we first started, theorize that that would be the next like breakthrough that we would right. make? Oh, they're working Besides on it. steroids. Yeah, that it, was the next one. They're working on manipulating myostatin and 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 what that'll do. And what's crazy about that is with these animals, when you give animals hormones, they'll gain some muscle, but if you if they have to train and do activity to really see what happens. With the myostatin, they just leave them. They give like they mess with the myostatin of one mouse and then the other one. They feed them the same. They don't move They're much. They're not even training. They're just getting jacked. They just build muscle. Dang. It's really really That's crazy. The magic pill. Yeah, but there's there's a genetic factor there too. I've seen articles of uh, children with this this mutated myostatin gene. And they're like three years old, looking like little bodybuilders. Yeah. You know, I would I would assume that the some of the best athletes in the world in in sports like football and in other strength, you know, related sports, probably have a, a myostatin gene that helps them build, you know, this kind of strength. I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's a little bit of that. Like all these factors, like I'm sure like genetically you have, and again, this is where it gets complex because I'm sure there's like parts of the genes that we haven't really fully dived into yet and saw like, oh, wow, this is contributing too. Yeah. And then your central nervous system and how that fires muscles, how that produces force. There's going to be a genetic component to that. Uh, do you think? As do you well. think examples of that? Like, I, I think CNS is a really interesting one to talk about. Yeah. I think of like, um, think of somebody who just like picks up an instrument and they can just like play right oh, away. Yeah. Like, I feel like that has a lot to do with CNS. The, the ability the to, brain to, yeah. Go. And the same thing goes for somebody who can just pick a sport up. I can watch Justin play a sport a few times, and then right away I can already start to emulate, you like just the, mirror it, right, really, really well. I think that's an example of somebody who has like a high potential with CNS is they have this ability really quick to get connected mm. and to mimic something else that somebody's doing. Wouldn't that be a cool? Example? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever watched the Stan Lee superhero. Like it was a TV show. They just showed people like that were oh i did it was great yeah they they had i don't know some dna like uh, some like genetic factor where it like made them have these kind of superpowers and one of the guys was like not impressive in terms of physically like he wasn't like this physical specimen or anything but he could hold uh this car while it was like peeling out like on the bumper and and put his feet up against like one of those uh, cement uh, pylons and just hold the car and like he just had this um, like insane strength that he could summon uh through cns and it was just like 
I, I was just like, my mind was just blown. And ever since I watched that and I've watched other examples of people that I, I like physically, I'm just not that impressed, but they're so strong. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know, look, look at uh, motor skills in kids. Uh, that's central nervous system. Right. You see some children develop amazing. Now, very can- good balance right away. Hand eye coordination stuff really early. Oh, dude, I had a client who, you know, and I got to, I got to catch up with her. Actually, I'd, I would love to see what this kid's up to now. Cause it's a long time ago. So he's got to be in, he's got to be in junior high maybe at this point, but he was like three years old, you know, I mean, uh, you know, three years old, right? The kids barely learned how to walk not that long ago. And you give them a little plastic bat and he'd throw the ball up, and every time he'd hit it, bunk, bunk, every time. you give him a little club, and he'd hit it perfectly. He'd throw a baseball perfectly, and I was three years old. Right. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, like, this yeah. kid's going to be, I'm going to attach myself to this kid and train him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? But, yeah, there's there's definitely a genetic component there, but can you train and have a lifestyle that impacts your central nervous system? God, you Absolutely. just you just hit on something that that's so sure. true about, uh, that you just went over it real quick, but I think it's an important point, um, and we've talked about this before, about, you know, a body, some bodybuilder coaches getting like all these accolades and stuff for, for coaching these athletes to become champions. And a lot of times these coaches, what some of them get really good at is seeing this is being able to look at somebody and see their genetic potential and Mm -hmm. know like, man, if I can just tweak a few things, this person's going to be great. And it's funny because a lot of times these coaches get a ton of credit for that. But in reality, they just found somebody who had this great genetic potential, learned to unlock it. So it's not mm-hmm. to take credit away from them, yeah. but more of that is that than it is like, the, and then everybody thinks, oh, if I hire that coach, I'll look like this or mm-hmm. I'll be that great. And it's not necessarily true. This coach may have just hit the, the hit the jackpot by finding this young athlete, like you were just alluding to, who you can see like, okay, he's going to be special. And now if I just point him in the right direction, he's going to be this great person and oh, I'll get all kinds of credit oh, for Oh, totally. That. Here's the other thing too. It's Genetics aren't this solid blueprint um, that can't be necessarily changed mm-hmm. um, like we used to think. Now we're starting to discover that epigenetics is a real thing. This is where your your genes can be expressed differently based on your lifestyle. Yeah. Environmental factors. Yeah, I mean, there, there's actually studies that show that fathers who, who train and lift weights and, and live that kind of lifestyle produce offspring who have genetics that allow them to build uh, more muscle, more so than if the dad didn't. Mm. In other words, they were able to express these genes uh, differently, and then they produce sperm with different ex- expressions of these genes, and then they produce children this way. Muscle sperm. Yeah, it's it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dot com. Don't look that up. Yeah. Um, now the next big category is the one that we focus on the most, um, and we talk about the most, uh, which is your lifestyle. This has a huge impact on your 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 your, your potential. The biggest one, the most obvious one, uh, would be training. You know, that's the stimulus that tells your body that it should build muscle. You got to remember that your mo- your body isn't going to just build tons of muscle and strength just sitting for, there for no reason. It's it's expensive tissue, it costs a lot of energy. Um, it's something that it can build and take away. It's it's an adaptation process just like your skin darkening with the sun. You're not going to have a nice tan uh tip- t- you know typically sitting in your 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 mom's basement. You have to go out in the sun to elicit that adaptation. Same thing or similar thing with with building muscle. Training is the biggest uh, factor, but really it's the kind of training you do because some of it can build muscle, some of it can cause you to maybe even lose muscle. 
Um, so let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the training that makes you build muscle, right? <laughs> Strength yeah. training. That's it. Well, and I think that's you have to understand that there's uh, with all the lifestyle things that we're talking about, there's a there's a, a long or a big wide spectrum there too. Of you can train and get some some of your muscle building potential just because you're quote unquote training, but how well you train really dictates how close you get to that upper limit. Mm-hmm. And like everything else in this lifestyle category that we're going to go over is. It's not just simply doing that, you know, like sleep is another one, not just sleeping is going to get that, but how well or what quality of sleep makes a big difference. The same thing goes for training. When we're training, you could just, just because you're lifting weights doesn't necessarily mean you're going to reach your muscle building potential. The more effort you put into like training properly or according to your body will really dictate the amount of that muscle that you can build towards your potential. Yeah, and your body's going to form to this environment you're creating for it to adapt to. And, and so that's why you'll see like certain muscles develop, certain muscles are a little bit under underdeveloped. Uh, it, it's really about like assessing uh, you know, where the deficiencies lie, where you're, you know, maybe a little bit more dominant in your training style. And so it's, it's like a constant thing that you have to uh, look and assess and see, uh, you know, results and, and metrics and see, you know, where you, where you stand in terms of all those things. But also it's, it's about setting yourself up for success. And this is one part of the whole training process. I think a lot of people skip over uh, what, what is ideal, what's ideal posture, what's optimal, uh, way to kind of set yourself up and stack yourself to to be able to move to get your muscles to express themselves how they need to be expressed. The inter- the interesting thing too about talking about training and all the things that go into lifestyle is they all kind of feed and bleed into each other oh, too. Yeah. So you know you can put a lot of effort into one of them and that could potentially affect another part of your lifestyle. Like for example, if you trained around the clock nonstop all the time and neglected sleep, that could potentially hurt you in the opposite direction just because you're training a lot. So totally. all these categories that we go through right now, you know, it's really about finding the most optimal balance for you. Look, there's a lot yeah. of notes in a song, but if you just throw them all together, you're not going to have the song. You're not going to make music. These all of these factors that we're talking about have to work harmoniously together just like the example adam gave you know if your training is 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 taking sleep away from you you're not going to gain you know gain anything from it and then training itself is 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 pretty complex like there's some exercises that are excellent at building muscle and strength there's other exercises they're not so good at it you know a barbell squat is way more effective at building muscle than a single leg extension a single leg extension works your quads it's resistance training you're not going to get anywhere close to what a barbell squat's going to be able to do. So if you want to maximize your potential, and and again, even if your goal isn't to get as muscular as you possibly can, even if your goal is just to get to your goal fast and effectively, pick the most effective stuff to get there. Otherwise, because and by the way, even if you do that, it's going to take you a long time. So if you want to take a normal long ma- amount of time, <laughs> pick the most effective ones. You want to add extra time to that, that's up to you. Do the least effective stuff. So pick the most effective exercises, which tend to be compound movements. They tend to be big, what are called gross motor movements. Your your deadlifts, your squats, your overhead presses, your rows, your, your bench presses. Those tend to be the most effective muscle building exercises. So do those and focus on those most. Uh, rep ranges make a big difference as well. You want to train somewhere probably in between the like four rep and then maybe 25 rep range, but that doesn't mean you're always doing that. We talk about this on the show all the time. Phase your training, stay in a rep range for a little while, get good at it, get good at five reps for a little while, maybe a few weeks, then move to a new rep range, train at that, because the stimulus also stops being a stimulus 
if you do it too much, too often, mm-hmm. uh, and you never change it. Eventually, it stops, your body stops responding, which is why it's important to train in those different phases, But which is why all of our programs are phased. You look at all of our MAPS workouts, you'll find that they all have two to four phases, and phases just means you're changing your training enough to spark that stimulus again to maximize uh, those results. You have to l- also train properly. A properly performed squat is going to be much more effective at mm-hmm. building strength and muscle than an improperly performed squat. Form is extremely important. So is tempo. There's lots and lots of things we can do to break yeah, down strengthening training. Strengthening end ranges, you know, full range is going to provide that extra stimulus for your muscle that you're not going to get in a shortened range. Right, so. right. And the reason why I'm saying all this is not to confuse you. It's just to highlight that your best bet is to try to maximize because you're probably going to fall short of it, right. but it'll get you there better than if you say to yourself, I don't want to build lots of muscle, so I'm not going to maximize anything. Try maximizing a lot of stuff and you'll get there uh, faster and more effectively. Now, the next big lifestyle um, category is diet. Diet plays a huge role. You can definitely eat in a way that'll prevent you from building muscle, yeah. 100%. Um, you know, when we work with clients, Adam talks about this all the time. When we work with clients, whether they want to lose fat or build muscle or just over, you know, improve their health, our goal as trainers was always we got to get them stronger, and typically we need to put some muscle on them. What's the one thing we would see consistently with clients where their where their diet was cutting them short? Right, under eating a protein intake. Yeah, low protein. Now studies consistently show that a high protein diet builds more muscle and it builds it faster than a lower protein diet. Consistent. This is a very consistent across the board. We see this in studies all the time. Typically, you want to aim for anywhere between 0.6 or 7 grams to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you're relatively lean, if you're obese, use your lean body mass. So that means that you know a guy like me, let's say I weigh 210 pounds, I'll probably want to aim for about 180 grams of protein a day. So that right there, uh, step number one. But what about calories, right? Mm. Uh, people ask about calories all the time. If you're not eating enough calories to fuel the muscle, you're not going to build muscle, and you can have the best workout in the world and the best everything else. You don't have the building blocks. It's just not going to happen. That's it. You got to you got to give your body what it needs to be able to even build. And I think too, uh, you need a healthy body, and, and that's something that I think a lot of people like don't realize. If if you're not eating to uh, provide uh, you, you know environment for for your body as a whole to thrive, you're going to have a hard time building muscle if you're fighting uh, yourself internally. So there's just also knowing. Uh, and, and doing the due diligence of kind of going through all the different types of foods and kind of narrowing down what your body can digest uh, the best is is definitely something I recommend. Well, this is also why we recommend uh, the mini cuts and the mini bulks, it, no matter what your goal is, regardless if your, your goal is to build as much muscle as possible or your goal is to lose as much body fat as possible. We still recommend that people weave in and out of the, the mini bulks and the mini cuts. And a lot of that is because how often do you guys get this? A client who comes in and it's a, she wants to lose, you know, 30 pounds of fat. She doesn't even really mention building muscle, but you know how advantageous it is for her to have as much muscle on her body as possible to reach her ultimate goal. And so we'll be cutting for, you know, a few weeks and I might see like her progress start to slow down. And then I want to transition into a bulk, even though her goal, she came to me and said, Adam, I want to lose 30 pounds of fat. That's all I care about. I know as a trainer that I don't want to keep going that route and slowing her metabolism down because in, in turn, even though her goal or focus is 30 pounds of body fat off, 
it's going to slow that progress mm-hmm. down. If I don't reverse her, add some calories back into her diet, focus a little bit on some building some muscle and some strength to then go back again that way. Oh, I learned this lesson in the opposite uh, direction. I, you know, of course, I, I've talked about this before as a kid. I was always trying to gain muscle. And at one point, I went all in and just ate a ton of calories, but I did it for a long time. And I remember getting my body fat tested and I had gained, I don't remember how much it was, 25 pounds. And like gained out of that 25 pounds, I think it was like four pounds of lean body mass. I had stuck so long in this calorie surplus that my body stopped building muscle and just just stored body fat. So I gained all that weight for four pounds mm-hmm. of lean body mass. And it was very, very frustrating because then when I went to remove the body fat, I ended up almost where I had started. It was like a a wash at that point. Right. So, so um, uh, cutting would have been smart for me in between because that would, you know, for lack of a better term, resensitize my body to the extra calories so that it can turn it all into muscle instead of body fat. So, what Adam's talking about is, you know, if you're trying to gain, you want to eat more calories than you're burning. If you want to lose, you want to eat less calories than you're burning. So, if you're losing, you probably want to stay in the less calories than you're burning more often than not, but every once in a while, Eat more calories because it, it resensitizes your body. Otherwise, you know, for people gaining, you'll gain too much body fat. And for people losing, you actually start to lose muscle. That's why you want to kind of go in and out uh, of that stuff. Now, the next one took me a long time to learn. And I didn't really learn this until uh, I, you know, I read this article in, I don't remember what magazine, it must have been Flex or one of those. And there was this guy who told, he told this anecdote about how he gained 10 pounds of lean body mass just by sleeping uh, eight to nine hours every single night. And he was a really, really good author. He wrote, a, a, the, the article was very effective at convincing me. So up until this point, I'm one of those people that I can get around not needing much sleep, especially when I was younger. I was one of those, you know, five, six hours a night and I'm up and ready to go and not a big deal. And I used to brag about it all the time. And I remember reading this article and it was over the summer and I thought, man, let's give this a try. Let me just try to go to bed <laughs> let's early. Sleep, yeah. And I'm trying More. to sleep, you know, try to sleep in. And I followed all the advice. You know, I blacked out my room, and you know, I I I, I didn't go to bed stressed out and eat too close to bedtime and see what happened. And it worked. And I didn't gain 10 pounds of muscle, but I do remember gaining a few pounds of muscle just from doing that. Nothing else changed. Diet was the same. Training was the same. But I was stronger. Um, I felt better. And and that's all because I got better sleep. It took me a long time to pick to learn. Oh yeah, that. it sounds hilarious to me because it's it just sounds like you know, it's a lazy thing. Like <laughs> like forever you're just like, I'll sleep when I'm dead, blah. And uh, you know, that's the sentiment that most of my friends and myself even had when we would like go to train or like do anything in terms of like sports or uh, you know, try to get better at uh, you know, at whatever we were doing. It's like, oh, sleeping more, that's gonna help. Like that to me wouldn't even resonate at all. So that's something I had to learn a lot. Later on, that you know, to balance out my hormones, to to rebuild, to like active recovery as well, like all these things played such a bigger role than I even like realized. Yeah, yeah. you know, so you said something I think it's important to to touch on also is that you know there's a a a major genetic variance in all of these lifestyle things per person also. Meaning, uh, you might find that um, like the sleep thing you brought up. 
you might find that you have a friend who never gets sleep. You know, they never get any sleep whatsoever, and they just have this most amazing physique forever. They could have this genetic potential that their body just doesn't need as much as yours does. Or they're not reaching their potential. Right. It could be either one of those. Right. But the point of me bringing this up is you have to be very careful about your training partner or your friend or somebody you know that you're comparing their behaviors, their lifestyle to yours and thinking that you should be able to get the same results. The same thing goes for like what we talked about with diet and training. Yeah. I remember having a trainer who worked for me. McDonald's every day. That's right. He had Taco yeah, Bell him. and McDonald's twice a day and he had six pack abs and he had all this muscle. He some people made no sense. Right. Some people just have this have this ability to be able to get away in some of these lifestyle things that you may not. And so it's important that you all the things that we're talking about that you do a deep dive on them and figure that out for yourself. Like where where is it? Does it make a huge difference when I get that extra hour of sleep versus if I don't? And so you know, as we're going through and talking about all of them, that's I'm thinking about all these uh, anomalies. You know, mm -hmm. these these people that I know that didn't do one of those things and yet still had this amazing physique. But that that goes back to the this is where the genetic variance is so crazy. Is that you know each of us are so unique that you may be, there might be this little thing that you haven't unlocked because you just didn't think it's that big of a deal because you've got a friend who doesn't do it and never does it and, and he looks amazing so you don't even think about it. But if you all of a sudden start putting some energy and focus, it may be that one thing that unlocks your potential. Totally. And again, think about it this way. If LeBron James you know, played basketball two days a week- He'd still be good. And yeah, he's got a- But he would never have reached the potential right. that he reached, right? He would never have become- one of the best players of all time. So that guy that worked for you, that ate McDonald's and Taco Bell and looked amazing, if you know, I could compare myself to him and be like, "Oh, that's not fair." Whatever. But the truth is, he's not reaching his potential either. Right. His potential may be so high, and he may be on the lower end because he's eating McDonald's and Taco Bell every day. It, it, it's also important to note that you know the muscle building process, even if you're gifted or whatever, is a slow process. I don't know anybody on the planet that can work out and a week later look amazing. Right. Burning body fat is faster, much faster than building muscle. Muscle is a slow, long process for all of us. Some of us faster than others, but still a slow process. So when you, you know, if you go to, on this calculator that we have online and you enter your potential, you know, and you think, oh, cool, that's my potential. I'm going to get there by, you know, by next year or whatever. Maybe not. Probably not. It's going to take you some time. I mean, I, I looked at my calculator. This is coming from someone who's been working out for a long time, and I didn't reach that potential that I had that I came up with with mine. It took me my early 30s to reach that, and this is somebody who had started at the age of 14. So that's like 16 years mm -hmm. of really trying to to build muscle, which takes me to the next one with lifestyle, which is the most important, which is consistency. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. A subpar workout routine done consistently will outperform a great workout program that's done inconsistently. Consistency is extremely important uh, for any goal, but especially for muscle building because your body is constant. By the way, muscle doesn't just maintain. Your body doesn't just keep muscle where it's at. What's, what's, what's happening every single day is a little bit of building or a little bit of reducing. And if you build a little more, then you reduce the overall result is you build a little bit of muscle. If you lose a little bit more than you build, the overall result is you lose a little bit of muscle. But your muscles are not just sitting there, you know, stationary and maintaining. It's this constant up and down, you know, fluctuation of building and losing. And so the consistent uh, consistency of sending a muscle building signal, the consistency of eating the right diet, the consistency of getting good sleep, 
you know, the consistency of having a lifestyle that maximizes your genetics or your genetic potential will ultimately result in more building than losing, which will give you the physique that you want. I, we didn't touch on stress. That's another, uh, another really, really big one. Your body's not going to build muscle if, you're, if your stress is, is, is really high. I, I've gone through stressful periods in my life. I've never stopped working out. And I'll tell you right now, I, I'm weaker. I re- it takes me longer to recover. And there's no way I could reach my potential um, in, in, in when I'm really, really stressed out. Well, stress, stress, is a, work. stress is a big one because it really bleeds into all the other ones, right? Oh, yeah. Like high stress, bad sleep, you know, uh, high stress, diet, diet. diet has to change. It or just diet. compounds. Oh, yeah. Life. And this is, again, one of those ones, too, that this I didn't really put this one together until I got older. You know, I started to really evaluate like when the, I'd see the ups and downs in my, my stress levels and how it was affecting everything else. And probably now, one of the number one things I speak to if I'm talking to a client, if I one of the first things I ask them is about their workload, their family, what they got going on. And if I can find little ways to hack into that and improve that part, I know all the other things in their lifestyle are going to be a lot easier for me to fix. Right. Now, here's the big message with all of this is what should you focus all of your energy and attention on? Your genetics or your lifestyle? Right. Which one can yeah, you change? What can you control? Now, this also means which one do you do you do you think about and stress about? Like, if you stress and think about your genetics all the time, you're you're going to be miserable. You you can't change it. You can't do anything to change your 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 hard set genetics, but you can change your lifestyle. And the most successful people you'll find, actually, in almost any aspect of life, but definitely in training. Are the people that realize that they, they they've got their genetics, whatever. I don't even think about that. I think about what can I do, what can I manipulate, what can I work on to get me where I want to go. And that's what we said, right? That's your training, your diet, your sleep, your stress, your how consistent you are. Essentially, focus on the things you can change. Don't worry. Accept the stuff that you can't change. And your odds of success uh, are well, much, well, much part higher. part of that, too, is just reframing that. Um, you know, we were earlier kind of alluding to this when we were comparing Justin's body type and mine. We're probably the most extreme difference of the two. And the inter- the grass is always greener on the other side. So if, if you you lack in an area genetically, there, there's always a, a positive to that also. So, like, you know, Justin could probably put on more. I mean, obviously, he can put on more lean body mass than I ever could naturally, right? But then I also have an easier time leaning out than he probably ever will too. And it doesn't mean each guy can't do great things. You just got to reframe what your your genetic potential looks like. There's, it's not like a complete disadvantage. Sure, you know, yep. there's there's still there's pluses and minuses to all those things that we talked about. If you're on the higher end or the lower end, so a lot of times you just again comparing yourself to your friend or comparing yourself to someone else and say, oh, I wish I had that ability or I wish I had this ability. Well, because you don't, you have another advantage. So that you yeah. have to mm-hmm. reframe the way you look at the, that. The only fair comparison, uh, and what I mean by that is like apples to apples, is you to you. Yeah, you know, compare me now to me yesterday. That's the only fair comparison that I'd say would stand the, the, the test of scrutiny. Um, look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. So you can actually watch us and listen to us on YouTube. If you go to Mind Pump Podcast on YouTube, all of our podcasts are posted on there. Um, also, you can find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, Doug at Mind Pump Doug. And finally, if you'd like some free content. If you'd like some free guides on muscle building, fat loss, and anything that has to do with fitness, 
Go to mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.